welcome everyone to Muscle Maven Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. Thank you for being here. Thank you for still, uh, you know, sticking around and listening to this podcast. November is an intense month. I mean, 2020 has been intense. We're almost done. Can't promise you it's going to get any better in 2021, but listen, we're just doing the best we can. The advice that I have for you is, however, that no matter how nuts and insane and ridiculous the world gets or the world looks on the internet, there are still many things that you can control, namely what you put into your body, what you do with your body, what you do with your time, and what you choose to focus on. So I personally am trying my best to focus on my work, which I love and brings me a lot of joy, my relationships and my family and friends. Also, lots of joy and happiness there. And making sure I move my body, making sure I fill it with lots of organ meats and other healthy things that make me feel supercharged. And, you know, the stress is still going to be there. It doesn't go away. The internet's still there. The world out there is still crazy. But there's still plenty you can do to kind of offset it and just, you know, have some control over the things you can control and try your best not to freak out over the rest of it. So that's my uh, words of wisdom for today. Um, But I think my guest today, um, you're going to want me to just get right to it because she's kind of a big deal. Today, I'm interviewing Carrie Pierce. You might know her as one of the world's best CrossFitters. She just came third at the CrossFit Games, the fittest American woman. Um, She's been doing the CrossFit Games forever. So again, you're probably already familiar with her. Um, When we spoke, it was about a week after the CrossFit Games, so very fresh in her mind. So we got to chat about that. I got to ask her what it was like um, to you know, get on the podium for the first time at 31. Apparently she was the oldest one there. If you want to feel bad about yourself, she was old 31, um, but made the podium. So there's a lesson there. Um, but she talks about what it was like, you know, amid the, the pandemic, how the games were so different this year and how that was. We talk about specific events and how crazy some of them were. I asked her a lot of behind the scenes questions, like how do you recover between events when you've got a bunch of events in one day? How do you recover in general? How does she eat? Um, all kinds of stuff. Um, But we also talk about a program that she has created called Power Abs. And if you've seen Carrie, um, she could have done a program called Power Quads, Power Biceps. I mean, this lady is super jacked and super, super athletic and very, very friendly and kind and down to earth. So she's kind of a total package. But anyway, she created this power abs program and I have been doing it in November. Um, I'm doing it the whole month of November. And it was really good timing because I was feeling really, really low motivation, um, just really not into it. The gyms are just opening and closing every day. I don't know what's going on. So it was awesome to have something to work on. Um, And it's been fun going through it. It's been challenging. It's been cool. I'll let you guys know at the end of the month if my abs are just off the charts. I know that I need to you know, do a couple things to make those abs visible that go beyond uh, workouts. So I'm also doing no sugar November, um, which isn't, you know, that huge of a deal. I mean, it's one month, not a big deal, but I'm, you know, I have a sweet tooth, so it's a thing. So I'm trying to combine these two things to, like I said earlier, just kind of have um, some positive progressive things to focus on this month instead of just scrolling the internet, getting stressed out. So 
we talk about her program. We talk about how you get crazy, crazy muscles like Carrie. Um, and it's just a fun conversation with an elite athlete who just happens to be down to earth um, and can really kind of give us a bit of a behind the scenes look at what it takes to be one of the fittest people on the planet. Pretty awesome. So without further rambling from me, I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please, please do your part. Give back by sharing this podcast, by subscribing, by rating and reviewing it. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, that's literally the only way I can grow this show and get more people listening to it and make it keep happening. So do what you can to share it, pass it along, subscribe, download, all those good things so this podcast can continue to exist in 2021. I appreciate you so much. Enjoy my interview with Carrie Pierce. All right, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm very, very excited to talk to you. First and foremost, of course, congratulations on your incredible performance at the CrossFit Games. Thank you so much. Podium, finally got it. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling? Like it's only been, you know, I don't know, like a couple of weeks, I guess, since since it happened or less than that? It's been, yeah, it's been just about a week, um, just over a week. So yeah, it's still like relatively new and I mean, I was like sore and I feel like everything was just like exhausted right after. Um, but still like I did a podcast like two days after. And when I talked about the podium, I like still like started like crying. I was like, it just still seems like so surreal. And then I'm like, okay, I just need to like look at my medal. And I'm like, yeah, it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. How, how was this games different? I mean, obviously the world is different. Everything is different. Right. Um, and one of the things that's been cool about CrossFit is how, um, sort of adaptable and how creative and innovative they are every year with kind of making the experience different for the athletes and for the spectators. But how was it different for you this year, this competition? Yeah, so it was crazy this year because, so last year we had about 140 women that started off the competition, and this year we had five that were in the in-person. We had a 30-person qualification, um, so the games, like, had the qualification online, and then we were able to bring five uh, people in person, which was just so different from having, usually it's about 40 athletes to just five, and there was, like, one heat, and I feel like it was just a lot more intimate with all of the other girls and even the other guys, because there was five guys as well. So it was 10 total athletes and our warm up area was five girls all lined up. And then the guys were right across. Um, so when we just went to do training before the competition actually started, we could kind of joke around and uh, get to know some of the other athletes more than ever before. Cause usually everybody's just so in the zone and there's so many people it's overwhelming. Yeah. Whereas like this time I knew some of the other athletes going in and I didn't know others. So I kind of, got to know even some of the guys because usually you don't have that much time with them. Um, and as far as, yeah, like the programming and stuff, like you said, they always do a great job just being very innovative with it, especially this year uh, because it was at the ranch. Um, and so, yeah, where like CrossFit was found and everything, they did a lot of running. So we had a lot of running um, just up and down mountains with objects, without objects, in Metcons, just by themselves. So it was, yeah, it was definitely different in a lot of ways, but I think that's kind of what made it so special. Yeah. How do you feel about, like, there's obviously kind of the good and, and bad balance with, like, having the competition be smaller and not having it be such a, like, spectator party event like it normally is, right? Like, I look at sort of other sports and how they're adapting this year, and it's like you're watching football on TV and there's nobody in the, in the stands, and then, you know, you're watching, like, 
MMA is a sport I really like and they're in this cage and there's no one there and you can hear everything and it's so different. And I know some people like, they like it because it seems almost sort of like it's less pressure because they don't have all these eyes on them, but it's also like less energy and less fun because you don't have all that energy. So like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely miss the spectators this year. I love having the energy of the crowd and I mean, at least like we had the other athletes next to us, so they were pushing themselves. So it made you want to push and dig a little deeper than you would by themselves. But it just wasn't the same as having people cheer you on through the entire workout. And at least like there was a couple workouts um, that we did. There were spectators like outside of the fence um, and they cheered a little bit, which just made a huge difference. But still wasn't the same feeling as being in the stadium and being surrounded by thousands of people cheering and screaming and just making it so electrifying and just giving you energy when you feel like there's nothing left and then you hear them scream you're like okay I can do another rep I can keep going so I definitely missed the spectators this year um but at least like two I had my coach who was on the sidelines for a couple of the workouts so he like just knowing he was there I could hear him because they didn't have any music um I think through like hardly any of the workouts so at least I could hear him and kind of he pushed me but still wasn't the same without the spectators yeah. One of the questions, I put something out on social media saying I was chatting with you and what questions do you have for Carrie? And one of the questions I'm glad they asked because I had the same one um, is really about um, recovery. I mean, that's a big question. There's a lot of little questions there. But the first question, I guess, is recovery between events and like what you guys are doing behind the scenes like we're all again as spectators we're all fascinated by like what happens like between events when you're back there like does everyone just jump in an ice bath do you have somebody doing body work are you eating what are you eating like how are you specifically getting your head and your body sort of recovered as best you can and ready between events yeah that's a great question especially this year too because there was only one heat of girls and one heat of guys and so the turnaround between events was a lot faster than it normally yeah. is because usually there's like three to four heats of women and of men. So you usually have like a couple hours between events where this year there's some events there was only like an hour. So like you said, the recovery is even more important to make sure that you're on top of everything. Um, and because of that small time window, I feel like this year was also a little bit different as far as what I did for my recovery. Number one, most important thing when, well, when I get back is to cool down a little bit and then eat. Like I have to make sure that I get food in my system just so I have something to run off of. Um, if I have extra time, I'll do a little bit of mobi mobility or get body work. I'm not a big fan of ice baths. I know some of the other athletes are, but especially between events, like at the end of the day, I might do an ice bath, but not between events. Cause I don't want to like freeze my body and then try to warm back up. Like I said, especially with the quick turnaround. Um, and what I am eating. So people always give me a hard time for this, but between workouts, I eat Lucky Charms, the cereal. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's just something like I work with a nutrition company and they're like, we need something that's like quick. So you don't want to eat like oatmeal or sweet potatoes or anything, any of the healthy carbs uh, between workouts because it has too much fiber. So you want something that's going to digest quickly. So high in carbs and low in fat. And then I also... We'll have some sort of lean protein, whether it's just drinking whey protein or if I have like just like a chicken breast or something like that, just to make sure that I'm fueling my muscles with protein, but not something that's going to take too long to digest. Okay. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, and I think one of the things that like 
normal people listening to you kind of talk about prepping or in between uh, events and stuff is that your body and your your ability to kind of I don't know, handle stuff like that is different than the rest of our us, you know? And even even somebody like me, if I was gonna do a crazy hard Metcon for me, like I'm probably not gonna be having like a big heavy meal of slow digesting carbs either. Like, and, and one of the things too, that I think we can talk about when we get into your, your program that I'm currently going through um, is stuff like muscle being a metabolic currency, right? Like when you have a lot of muscle, you can take in all of these like quick, you know, quick glucose or quick carbs because your body's just going to eat it right up. And especially after the kinds of work that you're doing and you want to find stuff that you also love to eat too, right? Like something that's going to be just like sugary and delicious. And it's going to maybe like help your morale, I think. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Like I had some friends, um, that would do two a days too, because they're like, Oh, well, if I do two a days, I get to eat graham crackers. And that was like their go-to and everybody has something like you said that, you know, might motivate them to work yeah. out a little bit more and like, if you're doing two sessions, you need something that's a little quicker digesting. So all these foods that you think that you can't have, it's like, well, if I work out twice as much, then I can eat this and not gain weight and still look good and still look how I want and feel how I want. Yeah. It's like a constant balancing act. Um, yeah. but how is it different when you're, um, just training normally, like not necessarily ramping up for a big competition, but just sort of throughout the year, I, you, obviously you're still training really hard. What, how are you eating then? And, and what kind of like planning do you have? Like, do you have a nutritionist? Do you have somebody who's like helping you kind of deal with like macros and protein and stuff like that? Or do you kind of handle it yourself? Yeah. So I work with a nutrition company called RP Strength and I've been working with them for a little over four years now. So during most of my CrossFit career and I just, I mean, anything with nutrition, like is super important, whether you're trying to look better, feel better, perform better. Um, it's really important what you put in your body. So once I started working with RP, it worked for me. And so I kind of just stuck with them. So they basically give me like a guideline of macros that I have to eat and at what time. So I work with like the head guy and I tell him what time I train or what times I'm training depending on, like you said, where I'm at in the year. And we kind of adjust from there. So the more I train, the more carbs I get protein and fat stay relatively similar. Fat might decrease when the pro or when the carbs increase. Um, but for me, I love oatmeal. That's my main carb source. Like sometimes I'll eat it three to four times a day. You said you too. I like it. Yeah. I'm a big, big oatmeal fan. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Did you have it for breakfast today? I actually don't, I didn't because I'm like, you know, post, post Halloween, like sugar, I'm still like working through that. <laughs> but definitely <laughs> I like, like one of my favorite breakfasts. Cause my background, I did some, some CrossFit, not, you know, super successfully, but for fun for years. And then I moved into bodybuilding and my, my like go-to breakfast was eggs and oatmeal and I'd mix them together and it would keep me full <laughs> forever. And it was just like super satisfying, super nice. I didn't feel like I was eating something that was like, I have to eat it. You know, like I enjoyed it and I kind of never got tired of it. So yeah, I'm a big oatmeal person. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like I, I actually got into it too. When I was competing, I did a physique show. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing that, then I really got into oatmeal and I just have loved it ever since. So I'll do that. Um, I also love sweet potatoes, so I'll eat those as well. I'm not a big rice person. If I have to eat it, I will. Or if I go to like a Mexican place, then I'll eat it. But other than that, I, I don't know. I just don't really like it. Um, mm -hmm. and then I eat a lot of eggs and chicken and beef and salmon, just proteins like that, along with, I eat basically vegetables at every meal, um, including usually my breakfast is eggs with some sort of vegetable, either like pepper, spinach, 
uh, mixed with my eggs and then oatmeal with cinnamon on the side. And I try to get some vegetables in almost every meal. Um, sometimes right after training, I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want vegetables right now. But other than that, I'm usually like pretty good about it. And then right before bed, I'll eat usually oatmeal with some sort of nut butter and then like a casein protein, mm-hmm. um, basically like 15 minutes, half an hour before I actually fall asleep. Nice. And I know that this isn't, you know, asking you questions about your nutrition is not for everyone listening to completely emulate it, right? Because we're all different and have different requirements. But I'm curious um, for you, it it makes a lot of sense. It's something I hear over and over again, that you sort of determine this, this baseline of protein that you need for your goals. And then you kind of fill in carbs or fat as per your preference, your activity level, all of these things. But what, um, what are you doing to determine your protein amount? Because like, are you trying to, at this point, gain more muscle? Are you just trying to support the work that you're doing and the muscle that you have? How does that work? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. And actually it's really funny. So when I stopped doing physique competing and like, well, and I started working with RP strength for my nutrition when I'm doing CrossFit versus physique, he like way cut my protein down. Like when I was doing physique, it was close to 200 grams of protein a day. And right now I'm right around like 150 grams of protein a day. So it's just like significantly decreased. And then we kind of filled it with carbs. So luckily like I have help, um, to decide like how much protein and carbs and fat and everything, uh, my body needs. So that makes it easy. And right now I'm basically just maintaining, trying to just, like you said, support the calories for the work I'm doing. I've, I tried gaining a little bit of weight and then I just felt my gymnastics suffered. I tried if I was lighter then my weightlifting suffered. So I have to like find where my body's happiest. And for CrossFit, I found that it's between 138 and 140 is like my happy zone. Okay. Yeah. I I always wonder too, like when you're watching CrossFit, depending on the competition or the year, people can kind of have these, these arguments or debates over whether there seems to be like a preference towards like strength, powerlifting athletes versus gymnastic athletes versus what, I mean, it seems obvious too, that like there is a specific sort of body type that seems to do really well in CrossFit. Like you don't see a ton of like, you know, six foot tall women or like overly tall, you know what I mean? Like there's this very kind of specific, um, sort of body type, but what do you, what do you find that works for you with training? Is it like you double down on the things that you're really good at and just try to bring up the stuff that maybe you're not as strong at, or do you focus on like really trying to crush your weaknesses because you know that like the gymnastic stuff, for example, you're good at, like, how do you kind of approach your training? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a combination of what you just said, because for me, like I know gymnastics is going to be my strength. Um, but that doesn't mean I just let it be like, it will get worse, especially if a lot of other girls are getting, getting better at it. So I still need to focus on that. But I will say over the last year, we've just been focusing a lot on my weaknesses, um, which is basically for me, leg strength and running are two big weaknesses that I have. And just coming from a gymnastic background, like my upper body is really strong but I didn't do many squats or I never really ran until CrossFit. So I'm trying to like catch up on those for any of the girls or other athletes that have a background in those two things. Um, but also at the end of the day, like when we do my Metcons, my coach makes sure that I add in a lot of handstands and handstand walking because I'm one of the best and I have to stay one of the best. Cause usually when you look at the leaderboard, the points are separated far bigger at the top and then smaller at the bottom. So you want to try and, get as many points near the top uh, as you can. And 
obviously winning any event is huge uh, at the CrossFit game. So have to try and keep those strengths, strengths, but also bring up your weaknesses. So it's like a balancing act of trying to train everything with, yeah. you know, trying to keep your body healthy. Yeah. It's one thing I've noticed. I feel like through the evolution of CrossFit is that like in the earlier years, people could almost well, not necessarily that they could have weaknesses, but people did have weaknesses that were brought out by CrossFit. Whereas now it's like, there really aren't any, you know, like you might be better at some things than others, but nobody, you know, like there were years where people would come and be like, I don't know how to handstand walk. I've never done it. I've never seen it before. Right. And like, mm -hmm. there are certain kind of crazy elements of it that, and even like muscle ups, like everyone remembers like Annie Thor's daughter getting her first muscle up at a competition, like stuff like that, that just sort of doesn't happen anymore. Like you guys, we, like we watch now and we're like you guys are like super soldiers like the first few years it was just like really fit people doing some fit stuff and now we're like you like you guys aren't even like real human beings it's nuts I mean lots of respect it's just it's crazy it's crazy to watch thank you so much um and you mentioned running and there was a lot of running you didn't super like that what what was your favorite like your favorite part of the the competition or your favorite workout versus your least like was it the one you won that you liked the best or what what did you like and what didn't you like <laughs> the one that i won i i, I will say i like the best because you yeah. know it's always more fun when you win a workout plus i love like hands i love gymnastics stuff um as i said earlier and i love handstand push-ups they're one of my favorite movements to do and i also love pull-ups um, pistols are fun too, but I mean, a lot of the events had running, so I guess I'll have to include a workout that had running. Um, uh, and I think like just because Dave Castro said it was like the hardest workout, the hard hardest final and one of the hardest workouts in games history. And then I was able to win it. I think that kind of makes it my favorite workout as well. And just knowing it is like such a grueling workout and because it took me from fifth place up to the podium, it was also my favorite workout. So I think just for a lot of reasons, maybe not just doing it, but also just like the feeling that I had in it because I knew that I had to basically win the workout to get to the podium. So it was just like tunnel vision, like the entire way through the workout and something I haven't felt like ever before in any workout that I've done. Just, I mean, the podium has never been like, you know, right there on the line while I'm doing one workout. Um, so that was my favorite. And my least favorite was the trail run. And I think what made it the, my least favorite as well is because like Dave Castro ended up pulling a quick one on us was like, after we were halfway and we thought we were going to be done, he's like, turn around and do the entire thing again. And you're just like, wait, what? You said we have to run three more miles after we thought we were three more miles of up and down mountains and crazy stuff. And you just like completely deplete yourself because you think you're done. And then you're like, your gas tank is at zero. And you have to try and find some energy somewhere. And I, I don't know, like for me, I was just like, I'm, I'm over it. And, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you gotta, as much as you would hate it, you gotta appreciate like sort of the genius of it too, though. Right. Because it is like, that's the whole thing of the games is that he just throws these curveballs, and you have to be able to run, you know, literally run with it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is pretty cool. Like, like you were saying, it's pretty amazing that like the hardest, most grueling workout is not only the, you know, the one you like the best, but the one that you, you won. Um, but I, I did get a question on Instagram. Like somebody asked, they're like, even though you won that workout, like, were you just like, what the hell is this? Like, it was so grueling and so hard. Like, and I guess going back to the running workout where you had you were told to turn around 
what was going through your head? Because, you know, obviously being an athlete at an elite level, it's, there's a huge element of mental resilience and fortitude. Like you don't get to the level that you're at if you don't have, if you're not strong mentally, as far as this goes, right? Like you have to put up with so much pain. You have to work so hard. So how, what are some like mental, I guess, tricks that you were giving yourself when you were told to turn back around, when you were doing that hardest workout and the podium was on the line? Like, what are you seeing in your brain? I mean, on the trail run, I don't think you want to know what I was saying in my brain, but (laughs) <laughs> you, you're allowed to swear on this well, podcast if you feel yeah. like it, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, so the minute that I kind of realized that I was going to have to like turn around and do the run again, I saw Matt Frazier like coming back up the hill. So me and Cash were right next to each other. We were coming down and then all of a sudden Matt and Justin are like coming up the hill and I was like, oh no. Oh God, no. You have to be kidding me. No, no. And like, I just like kept in my head like, no, 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 no. And then when you get down to the turnaround and then he's like, turn around, you're running the whole thing in reverse. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, he can't do that. No, he can't do that. And then like, I feel like all of your motivation just kind of like dumps at that point. And you're like basically in survival mode. You're like, okay, well now I just, I just have to finish. Cause I also saw Catherine like, kind of like, she had enough energy, however she did. And I saw Tia and Haley like kind of slow down a little bit. And I was like, okay, just just try to keep moving. Just keep moving. Everybody's in the same boat. Like, it's not like he just told you, like, you're the only one that didn't know. And it was just kind of like survival mode, like I said, at that point. So you like gave yourself an opportunity to like walk up the hill and just kind of like soak it in. Well, I guess we're going to be running again for half an hour longer. Um, But for me, like, I guess at that point in the workout too, like Tia was far enough ahead that I was like, I don't know if I'm actually going to catch her. Brooke was far enough behind that I'm like, okay, I can like, damage control this. So if Tia starts to get close, like if I start catching Tia, then I can maybe, you know, try and get energy to catch her. Or if I see Brooke starting to like come up closer, then I can, I'll have to dig a little bit deeper, but I will say on the coming back, since I was kind of by myself, I was like, just enjoy this. You're like running through the woods by yourself. This is great. Like just enjoy. Cause I was like also a little thankful that there was only five athletes at that point. Cause I was like, if there was like 40 athletes, then there would be some that are a lot closer right now. And I would have to make this hurt a lot more than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It hurt really bad. Like I like looked at my watch after and we burned a thousand calories just in that run, um, like in an hour, which is crazy. And, and then, so going on to the other workout that was super grueling and the podium was at stake. It was kind of just like, because me and my coach like had talked about it before. It's like, on paper, you should win this workout. You won Murph, you won Mary. So you should win this one. But also you put more pressure on yourself when you're like, I should win this one because I did win both of those other workouts. But at the end of the day, like in the back of my mind, it was just like, you can rest when you're done. You can rest when you're done. And it was like, just whatever you have to do right now, like suck it up. And for me, I didn't want to regret like not going hard in a workout and missing the podium and regretting that the rest of my life. Cause it was like right there, like right in reach but also you had to go through like you said that nasty grueling workout to make it to the other side but I know if the workout is eventually going to be over and I just am such a competitive person also that I just like knew I had to give it my best effort and that's what I did it worked out for you Um, thank you (laughs) what kind of what kind of mental uh, strength or, or mindset stuff do you do 
throughout the year, if any, like, do you do any kind of meditation, journaling, like visualization stuff? Like, is there anything that you do throughout the year to kind of keep that strong? Cause you know, I would imagine that even for people like you, motivation to work out super hard and beast yourself goes up and down, right? Like probably yeah. even for you, there are days where you're like, screw it, you know? So like, how do you, <laughs> how do you combat that? What kind of mental strength stuff are you doing? Yeah. And I love that you say that because everybody's always like, how do you have motivation every day to work out? And I'm like, I don't, no. I don't like most of the time. Yes. But yeah. I mean, not nearly every day. And I'm luckily like, I have coaches that I have to report to. So there's days where I don't want to work out. And I'm like, well, coach is going to ask how you did on this. So you have to do it. Yeah. Um, but also I think because I was a gymnast for so long too, like the mind, my mind is, is strong. Like I started competing at the age of five. So I'm used to being in front of people and I'm used to just performing. Yeah. Um, and in gymnastics, we did a lot of visualization. So I'm a huge, huge proponent of visualization. Uh, whether it's in training, but especially in competitions. And like me and my coach go over this as well. Cause it's like in a competition, like, you know what the, if you know what the workout setting is going to be like, like go through the workout once in your mind, do it perfectly, call it done. And like, cause I feel like some people just like stress too much about workouts. And like, for me, I'm like, okay, just go through it. It's perfect. Move on. Like, don't keep thinking about like what could happen in a workout, what can't happen in a workout. It's like, okay, one and done. Um, and I mean, other like mentally, like when I get to a competition, I'm like, I know I train hard. I know all of the work is done. And when you get to a competition, it's like just time for deliver to deliver. And everyone's like, how do you deal with nerves? Like for a competition? I'm like, I mean, I still get nervous. I've been competing since I was five. Like it's because you have like such a high standard for yourself and you know, all this work that you put in is like on the line right here, but you also have to like trust back in that work. And I think that's you know, just being mentally tough and being able to deliver what you do in training to a competition type setting. Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew that you did like some physique competitions. Although, I mean, obviously looking at your bod, it doesn't surprise me, but was Thanks. that, was that like before CrossFit? Okay. Yeah. So it was right before CrossFit. So quick rundown of my athletic career. I did gymnastics 18 years. Um, I did it. I finished at university of Michigan four years. Then I got into a little bit of weightlifting, but I had a bulge disc in my back and then some signs of carpal tunnel and they think it was from gymnastics. And then it just showed up right when I did weightlifting. So I wanted to continue to work out, but I couldn't weightlift. I couldn't squat, um, or deadlift or anything. Um, and so I ended up switching to physique because you can do leg extensions and leg curls and I didn't have to squat so I could work around my back injury. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I did a powerlifting competition after my back healed, obviously. And then I got into CrossFit. So there's so many questions I want to ask you, but so how was, <laughs> how was competing in physique, like getting, cause that's the only kind of comp like, you know, I've done some like very low level competing and powerlifting and CrossFit and things too, but I, bodybuilding is sort of the more recent one for me. I did figure obviously, cause I'm not as buff as you are. Um, but, but how is competing like physique, like getting up on a stage in a bikini different for you than competing in a, in CrossFit in a way that's a bit more like, Obviously they're both, you're athletic in both, but one is like an athletic performance, whereas one is like a, you're prepping your body to look a certain way and then you get up on stage. How was that different for you? Yeah. So like you said, they're like complete opposites. Like you have certain training and the training is hard that goes into both, but like for physique, 
it was so much nutrition. Like you yeah. really had to pay attention to what you ate and like cross it. I'm like, I can't get enough food in my mouth. And like physique was like, okay, I'm down to 1200 calories a day. And now I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I did that. Like, it's insane. Like I was maybe working out an hour a day, but really paying attention to what I ate. And I didn't really do cardio or anything. Um, getting ready for my physique show. Cause my coach was very into diet, diet, diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it was so different being judged on the way your body looks versus how you performed. And I mean, for me, I did one show and I was like, this isn't for me. Like I loved it because it taught me so much about nutrition and how to train my body, like getting ready just like to build certain muscles. And like, you can like, I don't know, like, it's like a sculpture basically at that point, which was really, really cool. Um, but I'm more of a performance type athlete. And like I said, I did the diet thing. I mean, I'm still strict with my diet, but not nearly to that extent. And I was like, mad props to people that do this, like for years on end, like it's crazy. But I, I like the performance aspect and it was, it's different too. Cause like CrossFit, you train for the unknown. So you have to train anything and everything. And like for physique, I remember doing like my posing routines like over and over in front of a mirror just to make sure it is perfect. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like a different experience. And, like practicing like your breathing while you're flexing is just like something totally different as well. So yeah, they're like, I feel like they're like opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the performance. But yeah. like I said, it was really cool. And I think part of doing that training helped me become very successful in CrossFit um, just because of the muscle endurance aspect as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I I love that you, you know, you can have an experience that taught you, you maybe don't want to continue down that road, but you still learned a lot. And that's something I'm always trying to like impart on people too, that when you do something like that, it doesn't have to become your life and your identity. And if you decide to move on, it's not because you're a failure. You're learning about yourself. Every new diet or workout or plan or whatever, or goal is all it is, is teaching you more about yourself, right? So you can look at it fondly because you learned so much. Like, I love that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another question that I wanted to ask. So you talked about this bulging disc issue and obviously you've worked past that because you're, you know, doing some pretty crazy physical feats these days. How, and one of the questions that someone asked me was how are you able to kind of like, you've been relatively and correct me if I'm wrong, but relatively injury free in your CrossFit career, which is pretty rare and pretty impressive. So what are some things that you're doing? And maybe you can talk about that injury and how you recovered from that to maintain a, a, you know, injury free body through like such grueling kinds of, um, training. Yeah. I think part of being somewhat injury free is just being smarter as I get older. I know when you're like younger and you're like, I'm invincible and you think you can do anything and you don't focus on the recovery aspect of it. Whereas like, I don't know the past couple of years, I'm like, okay, I really need to focus on recovery. And I think just like recovery has been a lot more important to many people. And like the importance of it has come out a lot more recently. And maybe it's just cause I'm getting older. So I'm more aware of it. Um, but I feel like the last couple of years, like you need to focus on recovery as well as training hard. Um, so I make sure that I do get in like, some mobility. I get in Epsom salt baths. I make sure I'm eating right. Like just things like that, that are going to help my body perform at its best. Um, and also like I have a really smart coach. So if I start to have a little ache or pain, he's like, okay, let's rest it for a few days, see how it feels. And so, I mean, you know, those things, like I don't talk about on my Instagram, like, oh, I had a little shoulder impingement or something. I had to take three days off of training. Um, but there's a lot of little things that 
happen, but I'm smart about it. So it doesn't turn into something big. Um, and I think part of that is just knowing my body really well, because when you do gymnastics and sports for your entire life, like you can feel if something's a little off and if you rest it for a few days, it'll be fine. But if you try to push it, then you're going to regret it because something much worse is going to happen. Um, and so I think that's just part of it is being smart when you feel something to kind of be off then work it. Also, like I have shoulder warmups that I do every day in my warm up, Um, and then also just like little knee rehab things. So I try to like have preventative things in my training. And also I think all the bodybuilding and accessory stuff that I do also keeps me healthy because it's single leg, single arm stuff that will correct any imbalances that I have. And my coach is a big, big fan of doing bodybuilding stuff, accessory work, whatever you want to call it. Um, right after I'm done with training five days a week. Um, and as far as the, like I said earlier, the, the back injury, um, I had to take six months off of squatting and I was like, a what, 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 what did, what did you just say? <laughs> and so that's when I was just like mind blown. I'm like, that's so long. But then that's when I found physique and I was like, okay, like luckily I can train. Like there's ways to train around it where like weightlifting, I couldn't do. Cause it's like, you have to squat. Like <laughs> there's no way around it. So I was able to luckily like find some positive in it and switch gears and do something that I probably wouldn't have done if it wasn't for the injury, but it was basically just like rest it, let it get well as hard as it is. Um, you have to be patient with injuries because you only have one body and I don't want my back hurting for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you're, you're talking about this because I do feel like it is still something that's like underrepresented in the fitness world talking about recovery. Like you'll see Instagram posts where it's like recovery is important, but I still feel like there's, there's this, this disconnect with a lot of people. And maybe it does go back to what you said about like a certain level of maturity in sport or even in your life where you kind of learn after the fact, or you learn after an injury or whatever, that recovery is important. I think that the recovery conversation is really important. It's something that people don't talk about enough and that people don't hear enough because I feel like, and going back to what you were saying about almost like a maturity thing, right? Like, it's like, you have to learn, you have to almost go through it. You have to almost have an injury first, but people look at like these posts or these professionals saying recovery is as important as training and they, they, they hear it, but they're like, that's not for me though. You know what I mean? Like I can still do this. Cause I'm like young and I'm healthy and I'm still sleeping good and I feel good. And I feel like we've all had that period where we're just like, yeah, you know, I'll recover when I need to. Um, but I know I've done like workshops or these kind of, um, events and seminars with women, especially. And I know that this is a, an issue with men too, but you know, I'll ask like, do you have a hard time finding time to work out every day or a harder time finding time to, to recover? And everyone's like, there's no time to recover. I never have time to recover. And I'm like, mm -hmm. look, if you have time to beast yourself for an hour a day, you have time to recover. You just aren't prioritizing it. Right. And I just, I don't know how we can save people like you telling other people that this is important. I don't know how we can like get it through to people that like the recovery is actually when you build yourself back stronger. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's like, if I'm sitting watching TV, I'm like, okay, I need to foam roll on. I need to mobilize and like take advantage of this time because otherwise I'm just sitting on the couch doing nothing. And like you said, if you have time to go to the gym and like you said, beast yourself, I like that term. Yeah. Um, then you like, I'm sure there's other, like even 10 minutes a day, like will go a long way. And it's just like, 
you're taking a little break. Like if you're doing work at home or whatever it is, like you can find a little time to get up. And like I say, even if it's just like stretching or foam rolling, something like that will go a long way. Yeah. I like the idea that you were saying where it can be like passive, right? Like First of all, days off, you can still go for walks, you can hike, you can play outside with your family or your dog or your friends or whatever. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like you're either in the gym or you're sitting on the couch. But I do like the idea of like doing it passively because at the end of the day, most of us do spend time sitting on the couch, we're on Netflix or we're sitting around and like, yes, set a timer and every 10 minutes get up and do something or move, you know, stretch or like do some yoga while you're watching Netflix. Like, I mean, (laughs) these things can be worked into your life, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So how looking forward, I mean, I know it's been like a week, you're probably still like processing what you've been through, but like, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts now for next year, the next competition, the next couple of years of your life athletically? Like, what are your, what are you thinking? Yeah. So usually like after each year, me and my coach will sit down and kind of review how everything went. Um, we haven't done that so far this year, but we did go out to, get some fajitas the other night and we're like, well, it was a very successful year. So we know that, but we need to sit down and be like, okay, this is what went well. This is what didn't like, we need to continue to work on this or I'm glad we worked on this, like just breaking everything down. Um, so it seems like the next CrossFit competition is going to be the open, which isn't until February. So luckily I have a little bit of downtime because this year, this season was the longest season. It was a full year long um, which is, is just like insane. But I mean, I'm still just so thankful that we were able to have a CrossFit games cause they could have really easily canceled it. So I was just thankful for that. Um, but as far as like the next few years athletically, I take it year by year, especially now I'm not old, but I'm not young. Like I was the oldest athlete actually at the CrossFit games. Hmm. Um, I'm 31. So it's like, okay, we're going to see nuts. like, <laughs> right. Isn't it? I was like, I'm like the grandma of the group. Like, this is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and I remember when I was like one of like the younger ones, I was like, oh man, there's 30 year olds doing this. And now I'm like that 30 year old that's doing it. <laughs> um, but I was like podium for the first time at 31, you know, Kristen holds a podium for the first time last year at 33. So I'm like, who knows? People are like, what's the peak age of the sport? I'm like, it's so new that we don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, like, it's just one year at a time and I'll kind of see how my body feels. Um, right now it feels good. Um, and I'm, I was like, after the games, like the only thing that I had, like, is a weird thumb thing. Cause I missed a snatch. I'm like, okay, if I'm 31, I can make it through the CrossFit games, especially like high intense, like a lot of running and stuff with like a stupid thumb thing. I think, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely like sit down with my coach soon, talk about what we need to keep working on, which is very similar. I feel like to what we've been working on. Um, and yeah, when you're at a time. So the podium felt really good. I think I might try and go for it again. I can't believe that at 31, you were the oldest person there. I got to say, like another thing watching watching sports, like you're noticing there are older athletes like with longer athletic lives and they're performing well at an older age. Like again, you look at things like the sports that I watch. Again, it's like CrossFit, MMA, football. Like we've got quarterbacks in their 40s. We've got fighters in their 40s. And I mean, you know, fighting martial arts is probably, you know, one of the more um, intense training kind of sports certainly right Mm -hmm. like you'd think it's sort of like a young person's game and it's not necessarily but I I love that we are in a world now with so much technology and knowledge and ability to like you said prevent injury um 
you know, recover well. We just have so much knowledge now that like the, the age really is expanding. Like you don't have to feel like you're over the hill when you've got a three instead of a two in front of your age. Right. Like it, yeah. it gives us all hope. Right. That like, cause again, it's like, what's the, what's the alternative that you're 35 and you're like, well, I'm over the hill now. So I guess I'll just stop working out or stop trying hard. It's like, that's not the attitude you want to have. And when you start to feel old or you start to feel over the hill, that's when it happens. Right. Like you just kind of refuse to accept it. You're like, look, I'm just going to keep working out because I like it and I'm healthy mm -hmm. and I'm happy. That's what keeps people young and healthy. Right. So, um, yeah, 31 crazy. Right. <laughs> I agree with everything that you said. And I think it, it is really cool. Like you said, that we are seeing older athletes in different sports. And I mean, I, I agree that it's just, it, people are recovering more and taking better care of their body and it's just, and nutrition and more sleep. Like you think about like Tom Brady and they're like, yeah, he gets like what, like 10 hours of sleep a night. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we need habits like that. Like what, I mean, I've, I usually get eight to nine hours. Nice. So I'm like, I don't need to watch Netflix. Well, I, I like watching Netflix, but I'm like, I can turn it off a little bit earlier and get better sleep. Like it's always going to be there. And I take care of my body. Now it's going to take care of me later. So yeah. have to think of it that way. Do you ever have any issues sleeping or is it like, you're just working so hard during the day that you, you sleep pretty well? Uh, I usually sleep pretty well. Um, I mean, there's some days where I don't, I actually recently, well, actually not recently for a while, I've been taking CBD before yeah. bed. Um, and I find that that really helps, um, especially like the CBD products that are specifically geared toward sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, cause they have like melatonin and magnesium and things like that in them. So that helps me sleep. Cause I, I feel like before taking it, I wasn't a very good sleeper. Like I would lay in bed and it would take me a while to fall asleep. And I actually have like something that like tracks my sleep and like how long I'm in bed, how much I sleep. And part of it was I had really bad sleep patterns, like, or like sleep habits. I would look at my phone too close to bed. Um, and I think that definitely like played a negative effect in my sleeping. So it kind of made me more aware of what I'm doing before bed. So I love like taking a bath before bed and just kind of relaxing and reading, um, and trying to get off my phone, mm -hmm. uh, things like that definitely help sleep. Cause I mean, it's super important. Hey everybody, interrupting my own damn podcast here to tell you about today's show sponsor because they're important. And before you skip through this, I got to tell you, this is one of the biggest discounts that basically any company ever offers for things like this. It's 20% off. So maybe you want to listen to this one. I'll keep it brief. You guys know already, Bub's Naturals is my only source for collagen and MCT powder, which I am using consistently every day in my coffee, in my baking, in my protein oatmeal, in my bone broth, whatever I'm eating basically is going to have one or both of these products in it. Um, you know, what else do you need? Collagen, coffee, chocolate, organ meats. That's it. Uh, Bub's makes the best collagen. It mixes better than any other product I've tried. Their MCT goes into my iced coffee every morning and mixes really well. It makes it creamy, full of healthy fats for if I'm not going to have a big breakfast, I just kind of want to get going, but obviously still need my coffee. Uh, and also, this company gives a full 10% of their earnings to a charity that supports military veterans, which is an important cause um, and one that I support and will continue to support. So they're a company focused on giving back first before making money, which I think is actually pretty rare. 
uh, in this day and age, and they just happen to make great products. So it's a win, win, win all around. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use the code MM20, which stands for Muscle Maven 20% off. So MM20 at bubsnaturals.com. Go get some collagen for your gut health and your beauty. Get some MCT to support those low carb goals and do something to help the world all at the same time. All right, that's it. Back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been a bad sleeper for a long time too. And I oh. can second the, the CBD thing has actually helped me a lot. Um, if you get like the good stuff and you find mm. the right dose and like, again, magnesium, melatonin, all those things have like really saved me. But I, I do know too, that like, depending on like the time of the month and stuff too, like hormones are going to come into play. And like, there's probably a couple days a, a week that I'm just not sleeping well. Are you still there? What just happened? I'm still here. Why can't I see you? What is going on oh. with my internet? Hold on. I just Okay, there. You're back again. Oh my god. Okay. You're you're here. Technology is the worst. Okay. Um okay, next question before we get into power abs because that is something I really want to dive into with you. We talked about CBD. What, are there any other kind of like day-to-day supplements that you take that support health and training and stuff like that? Everybody always wants to know what like little secret like supplement hacks people are taking. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, I think it's really funny because I'm like, it's not the four hours of training, four to six hours of training that I'm doing the day or the food that I'm eating. It's what's up, what protein do you take? And I'm, I'm like, everybody I mean, wants I, I do those take little hacks though, right? Like everybody right? wants the right? like quick fixes. Nobody wants to work yeah. out for four hours a day to <laughs> good, right? I know. I know. But I, I, sorry, I just had to throw that out there because I just think it's so funny because yes. I get, I mean, I get that question a lot. I mean, I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take a multivitamin. Okay. I take fish oil. I take, like you said, CBD, um, which also have like mel- uh, magnesium and melatonin. And then during my workouts, I have sugars and protein. So it's just like whatever sugar I can get my hands on right now. My manager um, hooks me up with X endurance sugar. So it's X endurance sugar. And I have first form uh, whey protein. Okay. So if people want to know brands, sweet, that's what yeah. you got. Everybody yeah. does. Everybody wants to know. I love that. Yeah. People are like, should I work out for four hours a day to become an elite athlete? Or what's the best protein powder? I love it. I mean, that's yeah. the nature though. That, that's, that's how yeah. it works. Um, yeah. And yeah. as I say, one more thing, like I've actually recently like heard a lot of good things about collagen. So I'm going to have to yeah. give collagen a try. I don't want to try anything new before the games, but I've heard like for your skin and joints and hair and stuff, it's supposed to be really good. So um, I'm going to try that and how that goes. Yeah. I definitely second that again, as somebody who I'm not an elite athlete, but I'm a worker outer in my thirties. And I have been taking, I have been taking collagen for like a few years, pretty religiously. And the difference in my digestion, like my nails, my skin, everything so good and knock on wood, but I do not have a lot of, I mean, listen again, like you work out, like everyone's going to kind of have their little achy weird stuff, but I've noticed since I take it regularly, um, it's significantly improved. Like it is one of those actual few supplements that, cause a lot of stuff is placebo, right? Like a lot of stuff is like, you should just be taking care of yourself. You really don't need to take this thing, but if it makes you feel better, um, yeah. collagen, I really do feel like has actually made like a significant improvement in my health. So definitely it would be something I think it would be interesting for you to try and like pay attention to and see how it, how it affects you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So want to talk about abs before we talk about the program, I got to ask this again. You might, you might be tired of, of, of being asked this question. I don't know. Tell me if you are, but 
it's a conversation that kind of keeps coming up in the world of fitness and wellness regarding women. And so we've talked about, you were a gymnast forever. You, you know, did a physique competition. You're a CrossFitter, you're super jacked. You have a program all about people getting abs. Have you ever had any issues or negative feelings about being a super buff woman? Like, have you ever been made to feel like that's not great? Or have you ever felt like that's not great? Or have you always just embraced being a strong, physically strong woman? Uh, so, I mean, there's definitely been times where I like, especially living in New York city, um, times where I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be strong. Like, cause people make you like, people like downgrade you and say, you look like a man because you have muscles and this and that. And especially like living in New York. Um, like I said, there was a lot of times like on the train that people might say things or, you know, through social media nowadays, people have such easy access. And I feel like people are so willing to put other people down for their hard work and stuff. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I've learned to embrace it, but I feel like, because I was a gymnast and right after that, I, I mean, I weighed like 110, 115 pounds. Um, and then I decided like when I did weightlifting and the physique show that I wanted to be a little more muscular. I mean, when I was, even when I was a gymnast, I was probably like 10% body fat. So I was like a super lean, um, 110, 115. And I like had muscles, but I was like, I want to actually like be strong and see what I can do with my body. And yeah, I feel like as I like started to put on muscle, there was definitely like a lot of haters, um, out there. And I mean, at the end of the day though, like you have to figure out what you want for yourself and not let other people tell you how you should look. And I mean, it is easier to get persuaded by other people like, oh, you're too muscular. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. But I have to like, just remember what I want. And I love the way I look right now. And this is like kind of funny, but I look back at pictures of when I finished the masks and I was like, I feel like my head was like too big for my body. So I was like, I need to like bulk it up a little bit. Um, and I've just had a lot of fun, like becoming more muscular and becoming stronger that now I've just learned to embrace it and just put my body to the test too. And I'm like, okay, now I'm the third fittest woman on earth. Like there, nobody can say anything negative about me or if they do, then it's because they have self-confidence issues. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, because the thing is, again, like being a person on social media and especially a woman, you can't win, right? Because if you're too muscular, if you're not muscular enough, if you're too skinny, if you're too big, like there's never your people are going to find a reason to, you know, again, take out maybe whatever their own issues are on you. And that's, I, that's a hard thing. Like, I think people sometimes don't realize, especially people who are a big deal or popular on social media, like they don't realize that there's a human being behind the pictures or the account, right? And it's, again, like you said, there's like enough distance on social media that people can behave in a way that they would never behave in real life and probably would be horrified if they acted that way to another real person, but they don't think that these people are real. And when you're, you know, a, a celebrity or you're, you know, like an athlete or whatever, people think that, I don't know, you're not really looking at the comments or you're not really there or you don't actually care anymore. And I just think it's so, it's such a strange world we're in where, um, you know, the same people who like look up to you or are taking your free information or are being entertained by you are also the people who can say really kind of hurtful and unhelpful things. And I just think it's, it's important, I think for other normal people, I keep saying normal, like you're not normal. You're I'm sure I don't, I don't know you personally. I'm sure you're normal, even though you're a crazy athlete, but I'm just saying like average everyday people who are like looking up to someone like you, I think it's important for them to know that 
while you appreciate your body and all the things you can do, like you've had to navigate this stuff too, because all of us too, all of us, everybody um, has to navigate living in a world where people are going to judge you based on what you look like. Um, so I think that that's really important. And the other thing that I always talk about a lot, and I think you've kind of said this here too, is that it helps you to love your body when you care about it and take care of it. And it's also doing things for you and you're becoming competent in your sport or your, your work or whatever, right? Like you gain confidence, women, I believe, and men gain confidence through being competent at things. So when you're a really good athlete, you're a really good CrossFitter, you're a really good gymnast, and you know that your body is making that happen for you, it's really hard to to hate on a body that's doing all of those amazing things for you, right? And I think that a lot of women, when they are only working out or dieting super hard or working super hard just to fit a specific physical mold, that's the problem because you never reach it because you're never perfect and you're never going to make everybody happy. So if you're doing this workout or this whatever to look a certain way so that you look a certain way on social media, so everybody thinks you're hot, that's a losing game because you're never going to get there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. whereas if you actually train for something you love or train for a job or train for something that's going to make you successful in your life, then the fact that you look great and that you're muscular is like a cool side effect, right? Like that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. No, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think it's cool that you're like saying that because hopefully it'll help people think about it in that way, rather than just thinking about what other people think of you or what society says you should look like. Yeah. And those people that are talking shit on social media aren't in the gym with you doing the work for you. They're not training you. They're not your coach. They're not the person that you love that's in your house that's supporting you. So really, they don't matter as much as it can leak through and affect you. Like if they're not part of your community and like your support system and, you know, people you care about, it really doesn't matter. So let's spend less time worrying about what people who don't matter think, I guess, is yeah. a great lesson. Um, OK, so now let's talk abs. Okay, so you have this awesome program that I just started two days in. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm spending my entire month of November because again, Halloween, I kind of like ate all the candy that was supposed to be for kids that didn't come. So I ate it all. So, so now <laughs> November is a giant, no sugar November for me, no added sugar plus power ups. So like, Ooh. I feel pretty good about what's going to happen at the end of this month. But um, talk to me a little bit about like the program and why you decided to do like an abs program specifically, because you could have done anything like you could have done like get jacked arms or delts or back or anything. Right. So like, why did you decide to do abs? <laughs> I love that. And we've had people ask for like those other programs as yeah. well. Uh, but I, I decided abs like I've had abs like ever since I can remember, especially with gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I did it for 18 years. So like I said, a long, long time. And I also did, was a personal trainer a little bit at, uh, after um, doing gymnastics. And when I started to get into the body or the physique show and weightlifting and everything. Um, but from a young age, like people always commented on my abs. And I actually started working with a couple people in New York, which is the team that I still work with. And the lady that I was working with, she's like, I love your abs. Me and my husband are obsessed with your abs. We need to do an abs program. And I was like, yes, please. I was like, I've never done it before because I didn't know like how to go about it. And when they like suggested the idea, I was like, that's great. I love it. Because being a personal trainer too, like I see so many people in the gym just doing like the same things over and over, like trying to just target their abs and not, you know, doing 
number one, just doing the same exercises over and over again that are just like crunches and bicycles. So I decided it was a good idea to come up with a program that was more exciting and a lot more fun than what people were doing in the gym and also something that will help them see results. So there's some high intensity exercises included with the ab works. You're going to be burning fat and then also building the muscles underneath. Um, and we made, I made it 10 minutes a day. So no one has an excuse not to do it. Um, and a lot of the movements are based off of my gymnastics career. So they're just fun, different movements than what you would normally do in a gym. Yeah. I'm super excited about it because it's giving me some structure that, you know, we talked about earlier, um, in this chat that like, I, I'm in this fitness industry. I love to work out. I do it all the time, but look, we're like what eight or something months into this pandemic. And like the gyms are opening and closing and it's like a whole thing. And like the motivation is going up and down. And I've, I've struggled in the last little while. Like I'm still taking care of myself. I'm still being active, but like my, the volume of my workouts and the intensity of my workouts have gone down a lot. Cause I'm just like, I can't, I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do another home workout. I'm bored. Like I'm annoyed, you know, mm. and I, I'll tell people that, but this has given me some, some like really, it's like something fun to look forward to. It's something fun to focus on. And I've actually never done, um, an ab specific anything. And it was funny because when I was competing in bodybuilding, like it turns out I have a pretty great set of abs too. Actually, they're usually hidden, um, but I have like a pretty good set of abs. And I, did, I was a gymnast when I was younger too um, for years. And then I was a swimmer and then I got into CrossFit. So I have like a baseline of like some core strength, right? But I, I always felt like when I was competing in figure, so figure is very much like broad shoulders, tiny waist, right? And so I was always like, well, I don't want to do a ton of like oblique stuff and like heavy deadlifts because it's going to make my like waist kind of more broad or whatever. And I was always just like, look, whatever I'm doing, squats or pull-ups, it's working my abs anyway. I, you know, it's fine. But I'm learning as I do some more core specific stuff that I do have some glaring sort of imbalances a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, every once in a while I'll have some hip issues or maybe some low back issues. And I'm like, this is definitely related to having like a weaker core, right? So it's been interesting going through the program and just kind of looking at the the programming and how it's working and like all the different things that I have, I'm going to have to do this, this month, but it's been really fun. It's giving me like a goal. Like I'm excited to see what happens at the end of the month. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for you as well. And I think it's really important that you mentioned like the lower back pain yes. too, because a lot of people, especially now when you're sitting at home so much, like people, more and more people are getting lower back pain. I've actually talked to like some physical therapists and chiropractors, like, and just talk about like people are at home, like they're not walking and getting out and exercising as much as they normally these issues. Um, and I've had a lot of people do the program and say their lower back pain has been reduced or is completely gone out because of doing the program. And nice. like you said, it's at home, it's 10 minutes. Like there's no reason not to do it. And it, it is kind of fun. It's a strenuous 10 minutes, but yeah. it's, it's only 10 minutes. I can attest because I did my uh, workout before we came on and this one was like an AMRAP and it had some burpees in it. And it had um, one thing that I just learned is really hard is the uh, the walkout planks. Oh, yeah. 
real intense. Um, they are very hard. Those are really hard. But one thing that's cool about the program too, for anyone listening, who's like, could I do this? Cause I don't, you know, I'm not like a CrossFitter. Or I'm not super jacked already is that you do a really good job of providing like different levels and scaling. Right. So there's always like an easier or a harder workout to do. Um, so I really think that this is pretty much for anybody really, right. It's for men and women, like anybody can do it. Um, how, what's a way that we can test. So like one of the things you did was like, or asked is like, take a picture at the beginning and the end. So you can like check out the abs. Presumably we're burning some fat. We're going to try to eat clean during this process, but for some, like maybe people who have a little bit more weight to lose or aren't necessarily going to notice a reduction in body fat. Like what are some other things we can do to test that we are building our strength, even if we don't have abs that are like poking through yet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I love that you asked that too, just because, you know, when you're doing a program like to help you stay motivated is just seeing the progress. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed like a lot of people because some of the or the workouts are repeated. And so some people will do the workout like even the second time and get more reps or they're able yeah. to hold something longer or they're able to just do more reps in a minute than they could when they started. Also, like you were saying, like there's different levels. And so someone might start out at level one when they begin the program, but then by the end they can do half of the movements level two. And so I think that's something just like how you can notice yourself progressing or like level one's getting easy. Let me try like adding a few of the level two things. Um, so you will be able to do more movements as well as do more reps or hold something longer as well. Yeah. And so if somebody does like you get the program, you've got this 30 day program, right? When you're done, you can essentially just kind of repeat it, right? But like keep continuing to like either add reps or add time. Is that kind of how it works if you want to kind of keep going with it? Yeah. So you can definitely, that's definitely an option. And a lot of people that have done the program do it multiple times. Um, but I also have a couple other programs. Um, I have something called summer power abs and that's a little bit harder than power abs. So if you do power abs and you're like, okay, I want something either different exercises, a different routine, um, or something that's a little harder then you can move on to summer power abs. And then I also have extreme power abs, which is even harder um, than summer power abs. So if you do power abs and you're like, okay, that was, that was good. I'm ready for like a super challenge. Um, then you can move on to extreme. And we've actually had like some people that rotate through the program. So they'll do like power abs and then summer power abs and extreme. And then they jump back to summer or they jump back to power abs and just see how much easier it is after doing like the other programs. So people just, kind of mix and match because once you buy the program, um, it's a one-time payment and then you get it for life. So if you want to mix and match, you can do kind of, kind of make it your own, however you want to. That's awesome. Um, the idea, the idea of extreme power apps scares me already. I'm only in day two of the regular one, but I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, what's your favorite, like, if you could only do one core strength exercise ever for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would definitely be a hollow body hold. Um, and I think that's the gymnast in me because we had to do so many for gymnastics and just because it's an exercise, like anybody can do, like you can scale it however easy or however hard you want. And it teaches people how to properly activate their abs. So if you're laying on your back and you can't get your back flat on the ground, then that's not what we're looking for. You had to make sure that like your back is, your abs are squeezed so tight that your core is engaged and your back is flat against the ground, which is something very basic that a lot of people can't do. And I think that's like one of the biggest problems with people doing 
their ab programs at the gym or whatever they do is they might not be activating their abs properly. And from a hollow hold, you'll know real quick if you're doing it right or not. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. I'm glad that's your favorite exercise. Cause that's like the worst one, <laughs> oh, body, <they're> so hard. <laughs> but I did like to see, um, that there are some burpees in your, uh, programmed in, which is funny because one of the questions, I think it was a joke question, but one of the questions somebody asked me was like, ask her if she hates burpees. And it's, you know, I'm somebody who like, I think a lot of it is your physiology, right? Like everybody, when you look at like the big CrossFit movements, depending on your height and your body shape and your size, like you're going to, hate or love certain workouts more. Right. And like, for me, I'm kind of on the shorter side. I have like shorter arms and legs. So like I hate rowing because no matter how good I am at it, (laughs) I do not generate the right kind of power. But like, I like burpees. I like burpees. I don't care who knows it. I like burpees because I find them extremely effective and like you can do them anywhere and it doesn't matter how fit you are you can still like kill yourself doing burpees if you do them hard enough or weighted or however you want to do it right um Mm -hmm. so i love that you added burpees but do you love burpees or do you just i'm similar to you i actually love burpees yeah i love burpees i love all variations of burpees and i've been working a lot of my rowing as well because i'm five, two and a half. I always say five, three, if I stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, not the tallest athlete. So I love burpees and I don't know if it's just cause like my gymnastic days that like we would do some like down up things, um, or just from doing CrossFit. I'm like, Oh, I'm good at these. Like I like them. Yeah. Plus, like you said, you can do them anywhere and there's such a good movement to do to get your heart rate up. And also just works like almost every, every muscle in your body. Yeah. So you can't go wrong with a burpee, but yeah. so many people hate them. Like they're not going anywhere. Like you might as well learn to love them. Exactly. Exactly. And like, or like love to hate them because you just know how effective they are. Like I love them Mm -hmm. as like a finisher or if I don't feel like doing cardio or Metcons or like even a hit, it's like, just do 25 or 50 burpees at the end of your workout. You're going to feel like you did something hard. Like just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that uh, we we have plenty in common. I can say that um, we both are crazy enough that we love burpees and um, <laughs> want other people to get into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. It's such a pleasure learning more about you and, and what you do. And um, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, of course. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And where can people go to learn about the, uh, or buy the, the Power Apps program and just kind of learn more about what you're up to? Yeah. So the two main places, um, my Instagram, just Carrie Pierce CrossFit. The link for the program is just in my bio and on my page. I also have some before and after so people can check those out. It's always cool. Like seeing the transformations that people have made. Um, and then the other place that you can find me is my website and it's just carriepierce.com. So those are the two main places that you can learn more about me or see more about power apps and what I'm doing. Sweet. Awesome. Well, congratulations again on crushing it. And uh, I will let you know how my power abs go by the end of the month. Awesome. I love it. Please do. All right. That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Carrie for being awesome and sharing her wisdom with us. Highly recommend you go check out this Power Apps program. It's 10 minutes a day. It's challenging, but also scalable. Um, And it's really fun, like I said, to just kind of focus on one specific thing. Like it's great to have a program that's get shredded, 
get stronger, lose 10 pounds, whatever. But sometimes it's fun to just focus on one specific thing. Let's get a strong core. Let's get some abs that look sexy in a crop top. You know what I mean? Which reminds me, I do have my own um, specific program coming out all about pull-ups. You know, I have been teasing this forever, but it's just about ready now. I've been doing a little bit of finishing touches in the back end. I've been putting some videos up. I'm getting it all ready so that it's perfect for you guys. But this is a specific program too. This is all about getting or perfecting or getting better at a pull-up, which is a very specific but very technical movement that requires a lot of body strength, full body strength, as well as body awareness. Um, And it's also just such an empowering functional movement. And I just want everybody crushing pull-ups in the gym. And since that's kind of my thing, I wanted to pass that along to you guys. So that program is going to be available very soon. Um, If I haven't already posted about it on social media, you can reach out to me on Instagram at the muscle maven. Tell me that you heard this. If you're interested, send me your email address. I'll make sure that you get um, the link to when it's live as soon as it goes live. So you can get on that super excited to see people um, attack this pull-up program and crush it. So anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Thank you to my show sponsor, Bubs. They are the best. I put their collagen and MCT basically on everything I'm eating all day long. Um, Use the code MM20 to save $20 on anything you buy through them. And if you have any questions about their products, how to use them, what they're about, how it's made, um, anything, just send me a message. I'm happy to have this conversation with you because all of my partners are real uh, products that I use, that I love, that I endorse. Um, and I know the the founders of the company, I'm, I'm involved. So this isn't just kind of me shilling something for a couple bucks. I mean it um, when I like, when I say I like these products, I really mean it. So uh, thank you to Bubs. You guys are the best. Thank you to you guys for listening. Join me here next week for another awesome interview. And that's that. Have a great week, guys. Thank you.